Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, posting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Hall with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today we have a very, very special guest, Monica, a.k.a. Dr. McNeil. What's up, Monica? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. well. I call you Dr. McNeil because I'm speaking things into existence. Uh, It's exciting to have you on the pod today. And so as an athlete, former athlete, you understand the importance of warming up and stretching, right? Sure do. Let's get to it. Couple warm-up questions. Now, I'm pretty certain the answer you're gonna to get to this first one. I'm gonna throw it at you anyway. I'm pretty certain I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you are only good, if you're gonna to listen to one music artist for 30 days straight, only one, who are you selecting? Hmm. Let me think long and hard. <laughs> you got to You got to answer for us. Um, if I had to pick anybody for thirty days, I gotta go with J Cole. J Cole, J Cole. So we're we're going back and forth a little bit because, as you know, that's my my most favorite uh, icebreaker question. Every meeting we have with someone new. I uh, asked that question and I figured you would give the J. Cole. But for the podcast family, let's see if we can take it to another level. See if you can give a little bit of J. Cole lyrics. You got some for us? You got some for it? Or you want me to want me start it off? Can you finish it? Finish the line? How about that? We'll finish that line. You ready? Right. That is a fun little game. Let's try. Let's try. Here we go. This off the role model. Let's go. First thing first. Rest in peace, to Uncle Phil. For real, you're the only father that I ever knew. I get my girl pregnant, I'm gonna get better at you. I <laughs> made way back in the bill. Okay. Bill. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. If I let you go, if we were not recording, you could probably do that entire song. You think? Yeah, I, I know it word for word. Word for word, <laughs> word for word. There was a, um, a meme going around social media. If you had to, sing the lyrics of a song for a million dollars, you couldn't miss one. Would you go J. Cole? Would it be role models or would it be something else? It's funny because I'm actually very bad at like lyrics. Like I always mess up like every song and I just go with it. But that one, I think I can do word for word. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I would probably go like Kurt Franklin, uh, Melodies for Heaven or something like that. Something with <laughs> <Hang> it. <laughs> <out> on me. <laughs> exactly. Let it, let it, let it follow me. That part. Right. I'll tell you, I got it down. You just gotta keep repeating. Give my million dollars. I'm donating half the OA. Let's go. <laughs> that part. So, if you could have any superpower, any superpower, what would you choose? See, when I was younger, I would always say like, you know, fly or speed or like read minds, but now. At this big age, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I would say I would want the power to heal. Mm, I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. That makes sense. Getting to know you, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Favorite TV show of all time. To this day, when it comes on, you can still watch it. I'm going to take us back to the song. <laughs> um, it would be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yep. Yep. What um what episode come to mind when you think of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? One or two of them? Uh, I mean, they're all good. I feel like some some that come to mind is definitely the one where they're they're dancing in a lot of them, but like the poppy dance, the jump on it, jump on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. You got another one? <laughs> that was a funny um, one. <laughs> and you know, you know, when you want a tearjerker. Oh, here we go. His dad. Um, <laughs> that was definitely a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic one. A lot of people go to that one. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people go to that one. Take us back, Monica. Early beginnings, introduction to sports. Talk about your family a little bit. Take away for a little bit. Early beginnings, okay. Um, well, as you know, <laughs> as I tell everybody, I'm not really from anywhere. Um, if I were to answer this right now, I would say I currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I'm a military brat, so I grew up moving around. I think I lived in, gosh, eight, nine places. I lost count oh. after a while. Give us, give us a couple of the ones early, like three or four of them. Um, okay. I was born in South Carolina, and then right after I was born, we moved to California. And then we moved to Hawaii. And then after that was like Kentucky and then Texas and then so on and so on. So how was that for you growing up and making friends? How was that for you? Was it challenging? Um, I mean, it can be challenging having to like uproot your life for every couple of years. But me personally, I feel like I took the moves very well. Um, I guess it's just something I got used to after a while. So like, I don't know. I guess I'm good at it, I could say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to adapt, so. Yeah, yeah. So, so how, do you, how, how do you feel about moving now? Like, it doesn't bother you? It doesn't. Like, I could probably move anywhere for a job, but it's still a little weird because Pittsburgh, being here for college, this is my fifth year here going on six this is the longest I ever like lived in one place hmm. so now it's like I could see myself staying here after after like I finished school and working but then I'm like dang I've been here for a long time <laughs> it might yeah. be time to leave yeah yeah you might not be built built for too much longer five years <laughs> is a lot of time for you that's pretty significant for that to be you know the place that you live live the most and so you were a track athlete at Pitt. We'll, we'll get to that. But when did you start running track? I started running track in eighth grade, which is a little late than like- A little late, yeah. Um, but I always knew I wanted to run track. Like ever, like from as early as I can remember, I always wanted to run. But the schools I was at, they never had like a track team until like, I guess until maybe, middle school 
the next year up had the track team because I guess that's how it worked with like military bases I don't know but the next year up had it but we moved by the time um that came but then my next school had it I think it's when I was in eighth grade and I was like they had like regular PE and then athletics so like since I was new I was in regular PE and like the first time the coach saw me run she's like I'm switching your schedule you're you're going to run track and I was like I was planning to do that anyways right um, so yeah she kind of just threw me in and she was like you're running the four you're gonna run the eight I remember we had because you know like in PE everybody runs the mile runs the mile um, oh my goodness yeah 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 I was the kid that was actually running the mile <laughs> <laughs> so first day you said you hate the mile I, I hate I yeah I hated the mile still hate the mile but it's, it's about you go ahead and continue first day I mean, I wouldn't pick to run the mile if you had to ask me now. But um, first day of athletics, we had a time trial. And she had to run before. I've never ran like a 400 ever in my life. So I was like, I'm just going to run. And, you know, it turned out well for me. I dig that. I dig that. So where did you go to high school? What's, what, uh, what state? Um, I started high school in Texas, and I graduated high school in Alabama. Okay. Okay. And so in high school, did you run the four and then eight? What did you run? What events did you run in high school? Um, I did the four, I did the eight, I did the four by four, I did four by eight when we had it. Um, I did high jump. Um yeah, that's it. Four eight high jump and relays. Any other interests besides sports growing up? Um did you want to be MC Light? Did you want to be a rapper? I said you got a little, you, you showed your bars a little earlier. <laughs> um, I feel like I was into a lot of things as a kid. Um, I was a little nerdy. I liked like science and all that, like detective stuff. I remember one year I had my parents give me a little uh, CSI kit and like microscope for Christmas. <laughs> so I was into no. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to read. I was always in the library. Um, always outside. Yeah, different things. I dig it. I dig it. So, um, what schools were you considering after high school? Um, see, I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I didn't really have like a dream college. Um. I know at first, when I first started thinking about college, I was in Texas. So a lot of my schools were in Texas, like Baylor, um, UT Austin, Texas State, all, all the Texas schools. Um, okay. When I moved to Alabama, I started looking at like UA, UGA, Troy, all the schools down there. Um, I started looking at like some Florida schools. Uh, I was kind of all over the place. I didn't really know where I wanted to go, but yeah, pick somehow got on my list too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what was the first school you selected coming out? Um, funny story. I was actually supposed to go to Alabama. Right, roll tie. Uh, yeah, roll tie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I went to orientation and everything. I have be there. I had my roommates, had my room picked out. Yeah, I was like fully going to Alabama. I didn't know we went that far. I knew that Alabama story, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was this deep. Continue. Yeah, so 
we, we drove up there, got everything situated. And then I was in the group chat with like my new roommates and everything. And then I don't know something as the summer went on, like a couple weeks went by or probably more than a couple weeks, but I don't know, something just inside of me, I felt like I was, I thought Alabama was not a good school, but I just felt like there was more opportunity for me at Pitt, um, academic wise and track wise and just like career wise. Cause at that time I wanted to do athletic training and Pitt has like a lot of uh, professional sports. So I changed my mind, like towards the end of the summer, I called the coach up and was like, hey, uh, actually I do want to come here. <laughs> And here I am. How about that? Five years later. Yeah. H2P. H2P. Uh, how do you feel about that decision? Um, Looking back I'm, on it. Honestly, I'm actually really glad that I chose to come here. I think that, I mean, I feel like I would have been fine either way, but I really do think that Pitt was the best decision for me. And I grew a lot during my time here. I don't think I would be the same Monica that's sitting in front of you today if I went to Alabama. Yeah, no, I dig it. I dig it. <clears throat> you you are one of those guests where we definitely could have a part two. Um, <laughs> we we because we can really get into your time at Pitt, the impact the impact you have made, the legacy you have made. You left and you're leaving there at the <laughs> University of Pittsburgh. Like I mean, you are a uh, a legend in those parts. Uh, with that, you know, we're going to talk more about OA and your involvement with OA. But before we get to OA. Uh, speak to the um, you had a career in the injury uh, speak to that time that time period and, and what happened yeah um so my senior year two weeks before the season indoor season was set to start I was doing a hurdle workout in practice and I got to the second hurdle I fell going over it and I broke my hip. Um, originally, I, I didn't know I broke my hip at first, so I thought I would be able to jog it off. I don't know why we, I don't know why we think like that. We could just jog everything off. <laughs> yeah, throw some ice on it, jog it off, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I got up thinking like, okay, let me just jog it off. I knew something didn't feel right, but I was like, let me jog it off. I was like, no, nah, this still doesn't feel good. Um, yeah. So went to the doctors, got the x-rays and all that stuff, found out my hip was broken and I did not come back for the rest of the year. And that was, that was kind of it for me with track. So, I mean, it's your senior year, looking forward to that season, how was that mentally um, dealing with that? Um, it was really hard. That was probably, one of probably one of the most hardest I don't know if that was grammar really grammatically correct um but that was probably one of the toughest things I've had to go through um I know I was really looking forward to that season because my junior year I got cut short by COVID um so I kind of missed out on that too and then senior year we had a lot of momentum going in that was probably the fastest I've ever was running my whole four years here so I was really excited for the season. Like I, I, you couldn't tell me I wasn't getting on the podium, which is a lot coming from me because I never had that much confidence before um, to actually like say that, but you couldn't tell me I wasn't getting on the podium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I broke my hip, that was really crushing because I don't, I had a lot of hopes and expectations for the season and it didn't happen. 
and then to break my hip I was like immobile for like three months because I couldn't walk on it or anything so I kind of just stayed in my apartment by myself because I live alone um so yeah it was kind of isolating as well because my team's still going to practice they're still going to meet so I'm at home watching it on tv of course still cheering them on um but yeah I had a lot of time to like figure things out then mm -hmm. how did you get through it time patience family friends how did you get through it yeah a, a little bit of all that um like, luckily, I have a really good support system. Like, my mom, my parents found out. They're like, oh, do we need to come up there? Do we need to come up there? I'm just like, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, it's okay. Um, some of my friends, even from out of town, they came to visit, help out. Um, I really relied on, like, my community a lot that lived there with me because I could do a lot of stuff myself. I couldn't get my mail. I couldn't take my cash out or anything. Mm. Um, so they were there, too. And then I also got involved in other stuff, still in athletics, but not like running wise. So that's when I took like a deeper dive into like all the um, Panthers United and like DEI stuff and really started working more like the administrative side of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So this is a good transition because, you know, with Orange Arrow, we exist to coach student athletes aim for success outside of their sport about being more than an athlete, being successful off the field, off the track. And so, Orange Arrow, when did you get, and how did you get introduced to OA? The summer of 2020, my former teammate, Aisha, which we all, we all know. <laughs> Aisha, what up, coach? Yeah. Um, she hit me up that summer looking for volunteers for the performance invitational. So I was like, I was at home. COVID was happening. I wasn't doing anything. I said, sounds like a good cause. Why not? Um, so I came for the first time and then I came again and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, we can't get rid of you. <laughs> okay. We have, we, we, um, we definitely do not want to get rid of you. You have been such a tremendous asset to the work of OA. You've been a role model to the young people. You've been great to the operations. And it's just been great to get to get to know you. Uh, it's pretty crazy just living in this virtual space that I think it was probably about a year of us being on Zooms and in sessions before we even got a chance to see each other when I went back to Pittsburgh that time with the Top Golf. But but like we OA family though. You know what I mean? And so uh, it, it's it's been it's been it's been wonderful. And so just to see your, your involvement from volunteering to volunteering, getting to volunteering to interning until now uh, being here in the 20, 2022 summer, the performance invitational time again, you are now this summer the manager of special projects. So uh, speak to your, uh, your role now that you're holding down um, OA with for the summer. Yes. You know, nice, nice little promotion. Work my way up the ranks. <laughs> that part, let's go. <laughs> um, so as manager of special projects, I am working a lot with not only the performance invitational, but our partnership with Dick Sporting Good to hold the summer camp with Keysport um, School. Um, 
and also all the other external projects that we're working on this summer because we we're expanding we're out there that part let's get it <laughs> so i have my hand in that making sure that like we do carry that stuff out make sure things are happening and we get to grow as an organization and also um working with all the new interns that we have because i was not too long ago in their shoes yeah yeah so let's stay there so I know you have many career interests. Uh, one of them is developing talent, uh, in particular, you know, collegiate athletes and thinking about their career. And so we have seven new team members um, for combination from Pitt in Miami. So how has that been developing that skill of managing, uh, managing people through OA? It's new to me. Um, Cause I mean, these are a lot of my peers, so. It's, it's an interesting dynamic, um, but I gotta say it's, it's, at least to me, it's kind of fun. It's kind of exciting, um, especially we have like a big team now. So a lot of support, but at the same time, um, it keeps me on my P's and Q's cause it's a lot of moving parts. So like, I gotta make sure I'm organized and I'm aware of like everything that's happening. So stuff doesn't fall through the cracks or whatnot, or like we're all on the same page. Um, I guess that's like the one thing about working with like a big team, um, just make sure like that communication is there. So yeah, it's fun. I yeah. like working with everybody. It's interesting. You, you use the, um, the phrase uh, moving parts. There's a lot of moving parts. I think for those who are, you know, maybe outside looking in or may see stuff on social media, like, oh, you just get in front of, front of kids and hey, do good in school. You know what I mean? But speak to some of the behind the scenes of some, some of the moving parts and how you've been experiencing that. Like, did you like, oh, this is more than I thought? This is like, okay, this is about what I figured. I speak to a little bit behind the scenes in the moving parts that we prepare, um, you know, to impact the lives of young people. Yeah, so there's a lot, a lot that goes into it behind the scenes that I didn't even, even as like an intern, I didn't see like the bulk of what was going on. Um, so like, before we even get to like the summer programming, there's the recruiting. So we have to outreach to the parents and outreach to different um, groups to get the kids to sign up because without them, there is no program. Um, so that's only the first part of it. Hold on, hold on, I'm gonna take you back. Before that, we gotta make sure everything's set up. Right, for them to register. I going in order, there's a lot, yeah. yeah all of that yeah. stuff too. <laughs> Yeah, you got to set everything up for them to even sign up for it. <laughs> right. We got to, oh, does this link work? Is it on here? Is it there? Oh, let's look at the uh, the copy. Is the text correct? What videos? What images? I mean, you've been yeah. part of this, some of the marketing meetings, um, deciding what the graph is going to look like. Go ahead, continue. We can keep going. Go ahead. There, there's all that, too. All that technical yeah. fun. You got to set up the website. Um, I don't make the graphics. Luckily, uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to RJ. Yeah. Shout out to RJ because if I had to do that, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So there's all of that, and then it's getting people signed up. There's updating the curriculum because um, we want to make sure everything's like up to date. There's ordering T-shirts, ordering all the gear, mailing everything out, making sure everybody has what they need role-playing and prepping the interns and the volunteers for the to actually carry out the programs let's stop let's let's pause there let's break down the role-playing 
Um, how do you experience the role playing? Like, be honest, because uh, because because sometimes I feel like it could be tedious, mm-hmm. uh, and, and especially via Zoom. You know, when I'm part of it, I try to make it seem to be as realistic as possible, but it's difficult because it's Zoom. Like sometimes with the role playing, like I'm a kid, you're a kid, or other team members' kids, and and switching up. So speak to role playing and um, and the importance of it, but then just experiencing the role playing side. I feel like it's important to go through it and like talk everything out, so we know. Like even though it's not going to be the same as when we're in real time in front of the kids but at least we have like an idea of like what's next or what's going to happen or like what could happen just to have a foundation of what is going to go on. So then we can pivot and do what we need to when we're in person. Um, me personally, I don't like acting and talking. <laughs> That's so I am not a big fan of role playing. I find it a little, I can be a little awkward with it sometimes, but I try to be a good sport. You do, you <laughs> um, do. Yeah, but the yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. Now I'm with you. So, so pre-COVID and pre-expanding outside of Pittsburgh, we used to do somewhat of a um, something like a little mini retreat, like a full day, and then we would do the role playing there. And it feels different when you're in person. Um, but 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 to make sure that you know the coaches are are comfortable. Uh, giving them some type of insight so they're not walking in there blind and showing some videos of how it was done previously. You know, it, it, it sets somebody up, it sets, sets everyone else for a, um, you know, greater chance for success. And we put our best foot forward with the young people. But uh, even for me, I'm like, yo, uh, all right, you know, it, it, it'd be a lot. All right, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's, and then, but, um, but, but, but I think it, it clicks. It, it clicks when people are actually get a chance to be in front of the kids and say, okay, this is how they react. Oh, we talked about this. We can use this strategy, things of that nature. And so speaking of being in front of kids, uh, you had the opportunity to lead a session recently through our partnership with Big Sporting Goods at McKeesport. Great group of kids there. Talk about that, um, that first day running that camp there, the OA sessions. Um, so it was finally good to like be able to apply everything that we're doing and actually like see how it carries out outside the role playing um, <laughs> um but yeah I gotta say it was a good time and all the like interns they were really into it like it's kind of like second nature once we were there everything just like clicked and like flowed and like of course we have to like pivot and move stuff around but like we were all able to like be flexible and just go with the flow and like we knew what was supposed to be happening. We knew like what was next, but like, like if we did something, if we went out of order, like only we knew, like nobody else knew. So it was fine, um, but it was good. The kids, they were, they were funny. They were getting on me a little bit. Uh- <laughs> yeah, cause, you, cause you, you, you don't know how to, so in the sessions, we bring a ball, football, volleyball, whatever. The ball is the mic. And the reason they was giving you a hard time because mm-hmm. You have trouble throwing and catching okay. the mic, Listen. aka the ball. So, Listen. Uh, to, my defense, to my defense, I run track. I don't throw. I don't. My throw <laughs> ball. And some of those kids, they they had an arm on them. That's they true. Had an That's arm true. On them. One of them did kind of fire it at you, threw yeah. it hard at you. That is right. That's and I fair. caught it. That's fair. It was you a funny catch, but I caught it. So I feel like they should give me my credit. 
but it's okay because I'm gonna go work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I dig it, dig it. And so uh, we're excited about the work in the Keys for it. And there's some other opportunities in the summer, but we know, you know, the main thing is the performance invitational. Talk about the performance invitational. So first, for those who are unaware, they're just listening to the podcast. When is the performance invitational? And it what is it? Starts. The performance invitational is a virtual summer academy. It takes place over two different weeks. Starts July fifth. So it would be that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Fifth, sixth, seventh, and ninth. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and then again, we'll take the next week off, and then it'll be again the week of the 19th. So 19, 20, 21, and 23. Um, so yeah, and that's just four days. We'll all get on the Zoom together from 11 to 2. And we'll, we're all about competing and having fun. So we turn all the activities into competition. We, we do competition-based learning. So we're learning leadership skills, communication skills, public speaking skills. But we're doing them in an activity where the kids are competing against each other and having fun. So they can look forward to that. There's also going to be guest speakers, TBD. I'm not going to spoil that, but <laughs> um, you can expect to hear from some athletes, some professional athletes and professionals that are working in athletics. Um, that's all I'll say on that. Yeah, there it is. Um, and just a lot of fun. There's prizes if you win. So, you know, compete, do good, do your best. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about it, I like to share with people is that we uh, we Zoom different. Like we different comes to Zoom because Zooms can be boring. People get tired of being on the screen, especially in the heart of the heart of uh, the pandemic. And um, you know, we work really hard to find ways to be engaging, creative in this virtual space. And I'm excited about you know the evolution of the performance invitational and and uh, and the fun engagement activities we're going to have there again. Just like what we do going into in-person stuff, there's a lot of role playing and practicing and planning around the performance presentation as well from the scheduling. Like there's a lot of moving parts and, and, and people just think like, oh, you just show up on a Zoom. Now, nah, from the playlist with music we playing, setting the tone to what's happening at 11 o'clock, when food is being delivered, you know what I mean? There's so much stuff that goes into it. And uh, shout out to you for leading and the rest of the team that's um that's that's holding it down plus a uh, shout out to the team because yeah yeah shout out to the team 10 people yeah <laughs> yeah now we rocking rocking alex alex is back on this summer a swag what up and uh the performance invitation was extremely excited about it and uh this july is gonna be lit and then the nice thing about it you know as we things are starting to open open back up thursday evenings and uh of the week of the performance invitation we'll have a team building we call it our field event in person in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and, and so excited about that. And eventually, you know, we would love to be able to get the performance invitational back on the different campuses. Uh, but we're adjusting with the times and ready to rock and roll. And uh, as we get ready to uh, wrap up, uh, Monica McNeil, I call you Dr. McNeil. Uh, as I said, as I started, because I speak things to existence, you are so uh, talented. You're so sought after. You are so thorough and so, so capable. And so my question to you is, um, why are you still making time 
to do uh to be part of Born Gerald and be part of the work? Um I gotta say it's because it's something that I care about and I know is doing good work. Uh one thing about me, I'm all about helping people. Um it's, I guess it's ingrained in me, like, from, like, my family, my mom, my grandma, always about, like, helping people, so, like, it's something that I care about, and because I care about it, I like to make time for that, especially kids is, they're the future of the generation, um, so I, I just believe it's best to set them up, because if the, the better we set them up, the better the world's going to be, especially when it comes to, like, student athletes because one day like sports is going to end um whether it ends on your terms or not because like my situation um it didn't end on my terms but because I was prepared in like these life skills I was able to make that transition outside of sports so kind of just passing on that and helping other kids be like yeah you can give 110 to your sport you can give your all to your sport but at the same time like you gotta also build yourself up so you'll be ready for the next thing so that's something I'm really passionate about because I everybody that's in sports they're more than just athletes they're they're more than just their sport and I think it's important to tap into that so that's why I am still here <laughs> there it is forever forever OA family Monica Appreciate you. Thank you for your time. I see you got your swag on. Go ahead. Let's, 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 let's pull the sweatshirt up. Show them the logo, how we rock. <laughs> OA take A. Thanks, Monica. Peace.